Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle, a run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. This helicopter's not doing us any favors. No, but you can't hear it on the mics. On this episode of Big Drive Energy, we've got a special guest here in studio with us today. Um, First of all, friend. Second of all, ex-boss. Third of all... Territory manager at Wilson Golf, going to give us a look at what it's like to uh, rep for a golf company and be um, drive around to different courses and all that stuff throughout all Colorado, Utah, different parts of New Mexico, etc. Sliver and, of Nebraska. And a sliver of Nebraska. <laughs> <laughs> and this is all brought to you by Pins and Aces, our official presenting sponsor. They have the dopest polos in the game. We're wearing them right now. We wore them at our round today at Valley Country Club. Shout out Valley for having us out. Played in three hours. It was phenomenal. But we were wearing our Pins and Aces stuff. A few guys asked us where we got it on the course. We told them pinsandaces.com. Use that promo code BDE, and you're getting 15% off plus free shipping on anything in that order. They have polos. They have hats. We rock the hats. We rock the beer sleeve where you can fit seven beers into one sleeve into your bag. Make it discreet, but make sure you buy those beers at the pro shop or in the lounge. Once again, that's pinsandaces.com. Use that promo code BDE and you'll receive 15% off plus free shipping. All right, let's tee it up. Hello, friends. Welcome to this tradition unlike any. Did somebody scream mashed potatoes? That was mashed. <laughs> Serby. Gentlemen. The, the Red Dragon. <laughs> the, the legend. So we'll give this guy an introduction. Um, basically, the guy that got us into golf, got us into the golf business, gave us our first jobs, whether that was um, willingly or not. <laughs> And has known us since we were 13, 12 and 13 Two years feet old. in a heartbeat. That's what I had. Exactly. <laughs> and he hired us and kept us on and basically trained us on how to run a golf course. He trained us well. We didn't use the training all that well. He led us to water. It didn't mean we drank. Yeah. But he, he led us to the water. And, and uh, it's, it's exciting to welcome you on, man. Thanks for, uh, thanks for joining us today. Oh, it's great to be here, guys. Thanks for the opportunity. You know how much I love the, uh, the podcast. So glad to be featured on it. You're the man. You kind of... Are you going to go like Russell Wilson on this shit or are you going to loosen up? Oh, uh, well, 
<laughs> I'm not a fan. Of, well, can I say that? On a, <laughs> of I'm course. I'm not you... a fan of Russ. And oh, Russell's so yes. Uh, Serbo's also a Raiders fan. Oh, we didn't for... have to throw that out there. <laughs> hey, we we accept all kinds here. We're, <laughs> we're open. We're open-minded. Yeah, it's 2022. Did you guys catch the game last night? <laughs> I did. It was. I was rooting for you, man. You I know. hate the Chiefs more than anything. But yeah. How do you not guard 87? Four times. Four touchdowns. Never double teamed. Yeah. Never a shadow on him. I don't. I don't get it. But I you, think you guys get it. Josh McDaniels coached here for a while. Yeah, I was yeah, gonna say. Yeah, we know that. all too well. I what do Josh think McDaniels can do. I think the funny part about that is, so I lost a couple fantasy matchups on Kelsey. Lost another one on Adams, which I was okay with at the time. Uh, like that stat line seven for twenty five and four. Like yeah, that no is doubt. that's what's insane about it. It's like dude didn't do a thing in between the twenties or even in between the tens. Ninety yard, eighty yards of the field didn't do a thing, but. Um, yeah, Raiders lost, but we're going to get into some golf today. Uh, I was going to ask you guys, is that. A golf do, podcast. do you guys know this is a golf podcast? No, we generally try to stay away from golf until we realize that most of the people I think are here for the entertainment, whether it's low level or high level. Yeah. Um, but we do. Yes, we, this is a golf podcast and we're actually introducing a new segment today and we're going to start this out. Um, so as you guys know, our TikTok is, uh, semi funny. It's done a semi good job on on the uh, app that a lot of twelve year olds use, and usually that's where we uh, where we uh, <laughs> you know kind of done. kind of flow in there the high you're schoolers and, and stuff like that. <laughs> yeah, we. This is not we're not talking about Ian Cole, um, <laughs> but so we're gonna do it uh, basically a TikTok comments section of our podcast, and you guys thought Twitter was bad. TikTok comments are the absolute epitome of... It's a battleground. And it's 12-year-olds. It's 12-year-olds going at you. Uh, There's been a couple of guys that are just... There's some really old dudes, too. Um, So do you want to go first? you want me to go first? Yeah, I'll go first. So this one is kind of... This is just starting us out. This is an easy one. I'm not getting to the total shit posters yet. Um, But we're going to do this every week starting now. So enjoy. Um, (laughs) Enjoy. This comment kind of... We can relate this to Justin as well. So... If you guys don't know, if I didn't say it earlier, Justin is was the head pro, then director of golf, then general manager for a long time at Spring Valley. So he all the shit we all the shit we do in our TikToks is is his life. He's he lived seen it. it. Yeah. He's seen it all. Probably ten. He's probably forgotten more than we all ever know. Um, Thankfully, but, forgotten. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You try to forget. <laughs> but Hours so this this comment was from Texas Golf. This is from uh, TikTok in July, but. Uh, this was our TikTok re- regarding people coming in and asking what the fucking weather's doing. Because we don't have any sort of military-grade weather app. <laughs> they act like, like we have a Doppler radar on the fucking roof. Exactly. So you get this question all the time, but this guy goes, no, nah, when people come in like that, I always give them way too much information so they feel bad for asking. Have you ever done that? <laughs> no. Have you ever gone no. into like I kind of so, like that. It's like super like it's Be like you're three too minutes good for from that. now. It should sprinkle a little and then maybe in five like you're too good for that. You were too good as a pro for that. We are not. We no, are petty not as above fuck. that. And I just thought it was so funny. So you guys remember Fisher, right? The uh, the, the other head pro we had yeah, out there for a while. Absolutely. Fisher was great about it. He would literally just say, go to the website. Like he wouldn't even pull it up on the computer, wouldn't pull a radar. He would just be like, yeah, I think it's uh, noah.com that you can check it out for. <laughs> Dude, yeah, that's, that's how you have to do it. Real quick, one other funny interaction. This is where I've gotten to um, at my point in my Spring Valley career uh, is yesterday this guy comes in. And he's just one of those older guys that just wants to 
talk way too much, give you way too much information about everything. And then um, Megan was saying something about like, I wish, because he was like, something's free. Is this not free? And Megan goes, I wish. And he goes, you seems like you wish a lot of things. Then he goes, I bet you wish I'd leave right now. And he, <laughs> he said that. And I thought that was great. But then he kept talking. And I said, aren't you going to leave? Or, or, didn't you say you were going to leave? And he just like looked at me and walked out. <laughs> oh, was, that's amazing, dude. That's... Dude, he would not shut the fuck up. And that I I would never normally do that. Like, I feel like I have some couth, but I just had it yesterday. I was like, didn't you say you're going to leave? And he kind of just like stopped talking and just, he's like, all right, guys, see you later. I was like, thank you. That's amazing. So yeah, that's, I'm at that point in the interactions and that's when you know it's time to get out. <laughs> the safe play at Valley of Fun though, if they ask about the weather, just be like, I think it's going to be windy. Like you're not going to be wrong. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that you, is a good, I never thought of that. Damn, all these years. <laughs> I, I did like to go like just way too deep into detail it it just gave me a little bit of satisfaction just seeing their face like and then that and it's completely wrong of course that's colorado weather you can't predict it but yeah i did think that that was a good comment basically just like overplaying the shit out of it so then they just don't ask again yeah um so my comment i don't even have it pulled up but somebody called me frodo um, in our last, <laughs> in our last uh, TikTok, where this fucking long drive guys out at um, Mer- or why did I say Meridian Inverness, and it just so happened we fumbled upon him, st- stumbled upon him at uh, hole number sixteen. Fumbled and- upon him. Melvin Gordon's not here. Yeah. <laughs> oh, well done, sir. Um, Took me a minute, but, but so yeah. this guy comes over to us and he lo- he knows who I am. And I'm like, well, this is weird. Like, he's like, dude, I got to shake the hand of a legend. I'm not, you know, I don't want to hype myself up too much. But these are just his words. Like, I'm just relaying the message. So then I was like, let's record a TikTok right now. And we did it real quick. And I hit a drive. He hit a drive. The dude is massive. He's built like a fucking linebacker. We were pl- si- So we're playing with a Broncos linebacker. And he made him look small. Oh, yeah. wow. That's how big this dude yes. is. Like, the dude was legit 6'6", probably 260 built like a fucking linebacker like he looked more like spencer said he looked more like an nfl linebacker than an actual nfl linebacker did and so he he hits it out there like 400 yards and somebody comments like whatever it's got six hundred thousand views not a big deal but somebody goes oh this dude looks like he's seven feet tall and the you want to go even like into more depths of hell. You don't even look at all the, the original TikTok comments. You look at the replies to the comments. Cause that's, that's, <laughs> that's where, where the real it, shit that's starts. That's where, that's where shit hits the fan. So that's where I, I had to dig and find, uh, the Frodo comment where he's like, yeah, he looks real big standing next to Frodo. I was like, Oh, very cool. Thank you, man. Like, uh, and uh, people just, I, I think it's funny. Like I don't really get upset by anything. Um, but what do you think, Frodo? I feel like I'm a little better looking. Uh, two things. You <laughs> forgot to mention the guy hit at 400 yards was playing a Wilson driver. So let's get that in the It was story. Callaway. It was Wilson. Was it? Okay. It was Wilson. <laughs> oh, yeah. We're plugging it was, Wilson. It was certainly Wilson. Like, <laughs> it was come a, on, was man. it the Triton? <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's move on. That. Uh, no, Frodo, Frodo, Frodo's not nice. No. Okay. Yeah, no. What's no, funny they, about the the overarching thing about bad comments is comments create more views. Yeah, sure. The more people that comment on the TikToks, the more that... So when people do that, I'm like, so please. I us. love replying. Like some of them, you'd get a kick out of it. Because I, I posted, like I replied to somebody. And I, I was like, I hit that about 290. He hit it literally over 400 yards. And you get all these old guys... Well, because I say in the TikTok that I hit it 290. 
And this old guy goes, with that swing, not 290. No way with that swing, 290. Oh, jeez. And I, so this one old dude, I wanted to just screenshot a picture of his profile and just fucking... But see, I, I feel like I need to stay above that. I can't get down in the mud with everyone. Um, but I just, I was like, I was like, okay, what was his name? It was just, I was like, okay, so-and-so. And that's all I said. Um, but then everybody just drag like not 290. You don't hit it 290, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, dude, it's not like I'm saying I hit it 350. I, I'm hit, I hit it 290. Like I'm a golf pro. Like I, I'm capable. So all these people just fucking were trying to drag me. And I just, I'd come in back. Like some guys are like, no way 290. I'm like, thanks for watching. <laughs> like just shit like that. So I, I get a kick more out of doing that. And then somebody commented on my, my driver shaft and he's like, this dude shaft. And I was like, first of all, it was free. Second of all, I'll whoop your ass on the golf course whenever you want. He's like, I wasn't talking about that. I was talking about distance. I'm like, I don't give a fuck how far you hit it. Like we're talking 290 here. Like that's, <laughs> that's not that crazy long no, of a distance. No, like, and it, I mean, I don't know if everybody knows, but we're in Colorado at sea level. I probably hit it 272, maybe yeah, 280 sure. with roll. And that's pretty fucking average. Like for a, a player, of my stature, probably even below average. So I'm not proud of it, but I I have to fucking I have to put my fucking foot in the ground at some point. You yeah, know? You, we could just get in the mud with that all day. Oh, I would. I've honestly like I've gotten to the point where I've almost gone to other people's pages and like commented on their TikToks about how shitty and oh I can't even get into it because everybody's like I just have to let them enjoy themselves and I'm above that. Exactly. Um, I I like to think. I'm above that. Uh, at some <laughs> point, I might media. break down. Yeah. All right. So, Serbia, let's get into this. So, you are the Wilson... Uh, I just said it earlier. I had it Territory once. Territory manager. Territory manager. Okay. That's right. So, you've had two basic... Two, basically, two different jobs in the golf industry, right? Golf industry is a great industry. There's a lot of different ways to get in it. Absolutely. You can be in apparel. You can be in clubs. You can be in green grass facilities. You can be a teacher full-time. You can be top golf now. Like, it's, it's ever-evolving. All right, so you've had two basic jobs. Which of the jobs between being a general manager, let's call it, let's call it director of golf because that goes general manager gets a little murky. Let's let's just leave it on the director of golf side. Which of the two is a better job between being a director of golf and a rep and why is it being a rep? <laughs> Look at that. Yeah. No. <laughs> I, I can't really BS you guys. Um no. I, you know I, I enjoyed both. Like the one thing I'll say about being a golf pro or director of golf is I was able to spend time with guys like you, like you, you can't duplicate that on the road. And I'm, and I'm not being soft Russell Wilson here. That's just a fact. <laughs> like I tell my wife all the time, I don't like myself enough for my current job. Cause I spend a ton of time with myself. <laughs> um, so that was, you gotta cool, find a way to love yourself. Yeah, yeah. So that was a cool thing about being a golf pro. Um, but hands down, it's being a rep. <laughs> yeah. And, and it's just, it comes down to, I set my own schedule, you know, and, and as you guys know, if you're a golf pro, when people hear 80 hours a week, they think you're joking. You're not like you make adult money. Yeah. It's, you don't work for two <laughs> weeks and they throw peanuts at your feet. Yeah, like. so, so just from that standpoint, the freedom of being a golf rep, hands down a better gig. And so, okay. So you just got into this. This is what two second full year being a rep, correct? correct? Yep. So, all right. So take us through the beginning process. Now, like you've only done it basically once with one company, for sure. but if you were to ever go to another company or just the, the start of it with Wilson, now you, Wilson is a very interesting golf brand because yeah. they, 
are, you know, big in the golf world. They've got a lot, you know, golf balls. They've got the whole bit, not sure. necessarily clothing too much um, through their actual main brand. But like, what was the experience like? I know the, the headquarters in Chicago. What was the experience like just coming on and learning about the product? And like, how did you feel about the the onboarding experience of becoming a rep? Like, you're not like they have, you know, they kind of had to, you they kind of had to teach you both of how to be a rep, but also learning the product. Like, what's that like? Take us through a day of like going to the sh- the Wilson place in Chicago. I remember we talked that day. Oh, this is actually a good story. He, Justin called me. So we're good friends. And, you know, I'm a little more technologically advanced than Justin. He's no doubt in the third. <laughs> he's in his 30s still. But Mitchell, when it was Mitchell, myself, Justin and Sean. Nobody was over the age of 35 to 36 at the time of us all working there. Although the technological difference between <laughs> us and Justin and Sean was is about eighty years gap, and I actually kind of respect it. Like they, they're literally the different age that didn't go to high school with computers. For sure, like it's it's literally the difference between our age and their age of computers in high school versus books, cell phones in high school versus not, just all that kind of stuff. But. Justin called me from Chicago and goes, how do I Uber? Like, how do I call an Uber? And so I'm walking him through it. But yeah, take us through that experience in Chicago. What's the facility at Wilson like? Like, I'm sure it's sick. Yeah, yeah. So uh, the the Uber call is correct. And if you remember right, when I first learned you guys had a podcast, you had to show me how to get podcasts on my phone. It's pretty um, standard. A lot of our senior members are the same way. Well, it's that's where I'm at. And, and thank God for you guys doing that because I'm on the road so much like podcasts are a saving grace. Oh, absolutely. Um, yeah. So so coming on to Wilson, uh, the biggest first step was, was learning the entire product line, right? Like as golf pros, we kind of, you know, know the highlights of every company and, and what we're going to bring in the shop. Um, but we, you know, unless we're doing some fittings, we don't really dive into the equipment as, as much as, as I do now. Um, so it was definitely learning the product line. Uh, but other than that, it's, it's no different than what you guys do every day, right? Like, yeah, I sell stuff, but you guys sell memberships, you sell green fees, you sell your course. And so that part wasn't tough. And especially having relationships already in the community, like being a PJ member, uh, help me walk in those doors and, and not feel totally lost. Uh, the headquarters, we need to get you guys down there. Let's start with that. I would love The to. headquarters in Chicago are amazing. So we're, we're in a, a skyscraper downtown. Um, but when you go into Wilson, you're not only seeing the golf aspect of it, you get to see the basketballs, you get to see the footballs, you get to see tennis. Uh, that might've been the coolest experience. So like when I first got there, they gave us the, the tour of, of everything and, and we have an innovation center. And uh, so I got to go into the tennis room, right? And you have rackets that are hanging up that are for Serena Williams, for, That's so sick. for Venus, for Roger. Like you talk about just a moment that was like, holy cow, this, this is so cool. And then even on the golf side, so they, they've kept all their fittings for, I guess, quote unquote, famous people. And they're opening up these catalogs, these cabinets, and like you, you see Dwight, D- Dwight Eisenhower, you see uh, Sylvester Stallone. Like that's it's, so it just, crazy. It, you know the, the the history of Wilson is rich, um, and and so that was you know I mean just honestly took my breath away. That's super cool, dude. Honestly, I don't know if you know the answer to this question or not, but in within Wilson. What percentage of their business is golf? I don't know that. Um, that. That's a good question. You know, we are a huge brand and, and golf's definitely a growing brand. It's the fastest growing brand in Wilson. Um, but, you know, when you're talking like, you know, we have the NBA basketball. Yeah, that's, that's you know, we, we have the NFL football. Um, Serbia's you know, hooked so me up. I have some sick nuggets stuff. Yeah. yeah no, Shout it's, out it's, to Justin for like my 
got a, I got a Wilson mini ball. I got the full size ball. I got footballs. Like yeah, no, it's it, oh, it, I need it's to get cool. some footballs and to throw it myself when I'm home alone. Well, we got Catch because of the Frodo comment. We got the mini balls. <laughs> that that might be more up tiny your alley. hands. Yeah, yeah we, we got the tiny. Do you uh, have like the small hoops? That, like, <laughs> exactly. Perfect. Yeah. Fuck. Um, but that's super cool. I can only imagine. Like you said, Wilson is for a lot of you who don't know or just got into golf more recently. Back in what years would you say maybe the 50s 60s 70s yeah up, up and through the early 80s like okay Wilson was the king of golf, yeah it was it sure. was one of maybe three main golf brands yeah and so it was the the history is super rich and um like what would you say what would you say is like the coolest thing that you've seen at wilson so far like going into their headquarters or you know just just some of the history because yeah. i'm sure did they have any like golf clubs from uh Back in the day, because didn't like Jack play their stuff at oh, some yeah. point? I mean, or? So, you know, Wilson Golf, essentially, I mean, Palmer, Nicholas, yeah. Sneed, Sarazen, like, you know, that's 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 why we became a brand. I mean, we really are the original brand of, of golf. Um, so, yeah, so absolutely seeing that equipment from back in the day, like the Dynapower iron, I, you know, that, that predates you guys. But that was an iron that was hit on the moon. Like, that's I mean, insane. that's, that's how big Wilson was and, and, and is growing to be again. And so when you take that, that history, you know, yeah, you can't have, but walk through and, and just be amazed, you know, outside of golf again, like the footballs, like literally seeing boxes of footballs that say Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And you know, that's going out to those guys, right? <laughs> that's so sick. Um, you know, that it's just, it's it, yeah. I mean, a sports did, nut, which you guys know I am like, it's, it's crazy. Did the Tampa Bay balls feel a little deflated? Right. They did. The, yeah, they, deflated. They, yeah. <laughs> they looked like they didn't they have were, They are stored in their own room. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so going from being a golf pro to a rep and we've had these conversations before some of the reps dude are just and we've known this for years and granted some people are better than others but I felt like the last couple of years doing the buying myself without you at Spring Valley like one of the biggest keys is just being a, fr a friend a buddy present being present yeah and like like, if I like a rep as a person, I don't give a shit if they're selling fucking shit, literal shit. I'll buy it. <laughs> yeah. Um, so how much of... It's a great business model, by the way. <laughs> yeah. So it never stops coming. <laughs> so how much did you take from being a golf pro in, and use that? Like, when you go into a shop, especially a new one, you're like, okay, you know, from a personality and ev standpoint, everybody, probably. no matter what company it is, Wilson, TaylorMade, like everybody has a product that they know they're probably like, eh, you know, not the best product. This product can kill it for you. And granted, it's all about sales. But how much of that being a golf pro like influences you when you go into each meeting? Like, hey, like I'm not going to be this. Hey, I can sell this and this and this and this. It's like, hey, let's, you know, I see somebody has a Raiders like or, you, you know, for your instance, somebody has a Broncos jacket on. Yeah. Well, maybe I'll talk about football with this guy. Like, do you kind of mold yourself that way from being a golf pro? hundred percent every minute of every day, me being a golf pro and, and doing what you guys have done and what, you know, the people I'm visiting shapes every decision, every conversation I have, I, you know, it's important to me that I don't walk in and, and, you know, cause sales rep has kind of a weird connotation to it. Right. Um, I, I don't see myself as a sales rep. I walk into the shops, I see what they do good. I see what they carry and there's certain products I won't even bring up in my presentation. Cause I know it's not going to work in that shop. So absolutely, like I, I think that's what allows me to be a fairly good territory manager is I've done what you guys have done. And so I know what's going to work there. I know what's not going to work there. And, and keep in mind too, if you're a good rep, if I'm selling you a bunch of stuff that's not going to work in your shop, 
That's my problem at the end of the year too. Yeah. And so it, it, it decreases, you know, the business I can do going forward. So absolutely that shapes everything I do. Yeah. I almost think now that like we get into it and talk about it more, I feel like it should almost be a requirement for a, a sales a rep to pro. be a, at least an assistant and at least sit in on, you know, if you have a good, if you're assistant and have a good head pro above you, at least let you do a few, you know, buy 10 hats or 12 hats or sit in on a meeting and just see what that's like. Because if that person's personable, you know, like like I said, every everybody's product is this or that, but like you can always find a product that somebody's selling generally that's going to work for you, and well, it's a mutually exclu- mutually beneficial transaction. But I am so much more likely to buy stuff from somebody that I'm like, oh, that guy was really cool. Like, let's try this, or let's you know, and they and instead of being like, hey, I want you to sell. 120 dozen duos this year they're like hey let's try the duo i believe in the duo here's some numbers to back it up but try it out and and i think like being real with people is huge too right off the bat because then if there's a product like not overselling every product product because then if something comes through the door that is actually really good and you really and i'm not saying all your stuff isn't really good but you know what i mean like something you feel strongly about somebody's gonna believe you when you tell them that you're not just blowing smoke up their ass no absolutely like you know not to to any product endorsement here but the triad ball came out this year do it sell it and the triad ball is phenomenal right but you guys knew me you know and when we first came in like you know every place has things that are going to work for them and things that aren't going to work for them and so you're exactly right, Mitch. Like if, if you're real with people and up front and then you come in the next year and there's something you're super excited about, they know you're genuine. Yeah, exactly. It's not, I'm not just pushing this because it's a brand new yeah. product. I'm pushing it because it's good. Yeah. You and know, then the next year work. it's something different. You know, you're like when you hit your wagon to something, yeah. people can really like get behind it. <laughs> I don't know if that sounds right or not, but they can like, get in front of it and pull you on that. There wagon. you go. Yeah. But that totally makes sense. And you've always been a very real person. And that's, that's one of the things too, even being a golf pro where, I mean, well, in certain situations, in our situation, we didn't make any, um, what is commission off of our sales. So that really didn't play into, into account. Um, but like, I'm just really real with people about what's going to work and what's not. And it seems to be way more beneficial than lying to somebody's face. And, and that's what I feel like when you said salespeople get negative connotation, they're trying to sell you something. And there's some salespeople out there that will sell you something at all, at any cost. Like they will fucking lie blatantly to your face just to move a product. And that's that, but that I think differentiates or separates a good rep from a bad rep and somebody that lasts a long time versus somebody that doesn't. Yeah, no, for sure. You know, in Colorado, like you guys know this, we, we actually have a bunch of good reps in this state for the most part. And if you're doing your job, like I said, if you're selling in stuff that's not going to work, that's your problem too. Yeah. Cause at the end of the year, you got to move it for the account. You got to return it. So it's, it's, it's like you're saying, Spence, there has to be a partnership. It has to be mutually beneficial for both sides. Otherwise it's not going to work. Yeah. So in being, two years being a rep, obviously I think, I think we can all understand the challenge of getting product period. Like that's probably the hardest thing for you and you don't know any different. So you may actually be on the up. Like you may, you started coming out of like the possible scenario, but what other, what do you think is your, has been your biggest challenge as far as just getting your product out there and like is it is it meeting the new pros is it call you know cold calling i don't i I don't know how much of that you did or had to do i would hate that just knowing us but like we have very similar 
we had very similar golf pro lives where we, you know, we are, well, we're very similar to people in most aspects, especially on the work aspect of it. You know, you have a family and kid and different, different walks of life. But I feel like I, like just me, if somebody told me, Hey, you're a rep tomorrow and it's not, you know, it's a product that is not something brand new where people don't have any idea of what it is and I'll maybe take your call, maybe not. Like what has been your biggest challenge just as a rep and not necessarily Wilson derived, but just in general. Yeah. So my, my biggest, I guess, uh, thing this year was my waistline. Does that count? Yeah. You know, cause, cause you're on the road a lot. So you get a lot of fast food, man. So that, but, uh, that doesn't really answer your question, but that, that's what I'm fighting currently. Um, no, the biggest thing, it, it's not necessarily the cold calling, um, but it is, so I've taken over some new territories this last year and there are territories that have been underserved, right? Where we just haven't had a presence. So you're going in cold, right? You're going in for an introduction and, and you're not trying to sell something originally. You're just trying to meet somebody going in dry, uh, going in, going in dry. And, uh, <laughs> that part's tough. If they have not seen somebody from your company in let's say four or five years, right. And you're trying to convince them that that's not who you are and that's not how it's going to be. So I'd say that's probably the initial struggle. And then, you know, let's be real. Al, Mitch was talking about, you know, Wilson was the king of golf for decades. Well, we had a dry spell. Again, not, not to go back to dry, but... Um, <laughs> and so it's like, this pod. like, thankfully, this last couple of years, like the Triad Ball, the D9 Forge has got a lot of pub and love that we're not producing our own, that other people are talking about. But it's, it's, it's getting people to understand that, that Wilson product's really, really good again. Um, and, and, you know, cause you guys get it like pro V ones, like you, you don't have to try to sell them, right? Mm-hmm. They, you just, you, you put them on the shelves and they're going to sell. And so it's, it's convincing people to give you a shot again and to really learn about the product. Um, and that's not easy in the modern golf world. Mitch, you're living, living this life right now is you don't have time to walk behind the counter, the other side of the counter and explain the difference between maybe the triad golf ball and, and some other golf ball. Yeah. And so you know, that, that's the other challenge is, is, you know, we can educate the staff, but it's also on us to do events to, to help sell the ball um, or to sell the golf club or whatever it may be. But yeah, yeah, no, no doubt, man. It's, it's cold calling's tough just because one, you're spending a lot of time on the road too, with the hope that somebody's going to sit down and talk to you. Right. Yeah, exactly. It could be a two to three hour drive for nothing. Correct. Essentially. You know, especially when you talk about like my, my Wyoming territory and you know, Wyoming's great, but you talk about golf courses being spread out. You know, it's nicer in Colorado. I can drive 10 miles and see three courses, mm-hmm. you know, in Wyoming, it might be two hours from course to course. <laughs> yeah. Wyoming's a pretty desolate yeah, place. It's, just, it's different. Um, what's your favorite, like, what's your favorite area to, to cover? Oh, uh, well, Colorado, but that, that's just cause you know, I'm born and raised here essentially. Uh, I'll tell you one, Utah is gorgeous. Like if you guys have not spent time in Utah here in Colorado, we talk about living in the mountains. Like you're in Salt Lake City and the mountains are like right there. Yeah. You know, so that part was. Can was you really find awesome. rum there though? Uh, so, so I, you know, I don't drink much, but when I do drink, <laughs> uh, I'll tell you no. what's crazy. So to buy, to buy like liquor. Yeah. In, in Utah, you are actually going to like state owned facilities. Okay. So you, there's just not like a, a you know, mom pop liquor store anywhere down the corner. So the first time that I bought liquor in Utah, I'm, I'm, I'm driving to this like state own facility and there's a police station like right next door and you're like i don't i don't know that i want to do that and you're yeah. just buying alcohol but it's such a weird feeling but no i mean there's definitely parts of utah where you go in a restaurant you can get a drink and stuff of that nature it's it's not uh not as tough as it's I guess a maybe weird it used to be. place dude utah's a very weird place it's but, pretty though you no know, it's it is very pretty but just the 
I mean, I spent some time in St. George. I played a couple of tournaments down there. And I had to drive like 15 minutes to get a cup of coffee. Yeah. Like, there's no real coffee shops. And uh, there's just, the people are so weird, man. I I hate to generalize an area, but there's so many weird people. Like I feel like Utah could be as cool as Colorado, just with the laid back people. Like, just laid back laws. Well, the, yeah, back, the like, lifestyle. Like, it totally could. But And I don't really understand... I don't, we don't need to get into this, but just like how Utah and Colorado are so different. Like be, you know, like we're, cause like sports betting, there's never going to be legal. they marijuana, like alcohol is hardly a thing there. Like it's fucking insane. They're living in the 1800s. Like I, so I, I would be in and out of Utah. That's for sure. Yeah. And the great part is about sports betting is that it is illegal in Utah, but it's definitely not illegal in Colorado. On the DraftKings Sportsbook. On the DraftKings Sportsbook. So NFL is in full swing at the DraftKings Sportsbook, which is an official sports betting partner of the NFL. We're talking touchdowns, big plays, and bigger wins. All new customers can bet just $5 on an NFL team to win, and you get $200 in free bets if they do. Um, in addition, you have all these stepped-up same-game parlays. So I like to pre- uh, play these same-game parlays on the Broncos games. Because I generally don't like to bet on my team. I'm kind of narcissistic with the Broncos. But I can bet on X player to score a touchdown. You can bet on how many points are going to be scored in a half. All that stuff. And DraftKings has the same game parlays where you can add three or four together, get a bigger payout. So, like this weekend, Broncos Chargers. Or this Monday night, another primetime game, Yahoo. Um, I'm hoping the Broncos score a touchdown. But, like... You could have basically paid for a year worth, year's worth of bets betting no touchdown the last Broncos game, and it hit. So I'm going to probably bet on some guys to score a touchdown, probably from the Chargers, but it's fun to like watch the game and like cheer for a certain player that you know is going to do well. I mean, we got Justin here. He's a Raiders fan. I mean, Devontae Adams is a scoreaholic. Like, that dude, every game, just anytime touchdown, it should be an auto bet. So make sure you head over to the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use the promo code DNVR, and if you're a new customer, all you have to do is bet $5, one Abraham Lincoln. You're getting $200 in free bets that you can use the rest of the season. Put them on first touchdown. Put them on same-game parlays. Um, and that's all at the DraftKings Sportsbook, which is an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions do apply. See show notes for details. Another one of our partners in this podcast and at DNVR is Game Time. Game Time, if you love DNVR and you love Big Drive Energy, you'll love Game Time. We use Game Time to get us some Broncos Ravens tickets. Don't know how good that game is going to be come December 4th, but Game Time gets you in the door at an extremely low rate. You can look at game time tickets. So if I look at game time tickets for the Colorado Avalanche, who our hometown team, they're going to be raising a banner tomorrow night at Ball Arena. Hopefully, uh, as Blackhawks, there's going to be a lot of Chicago fans there. So if you're a Chicago fan, uh, you can tune out to this ad. I don't think they're really going to show up that much this year. I think it'll mostly be Avs fans. Dude, I think it's just uh, like I think it's like a cult. Like I think Colorado, I mean, you know, we know we definitely had some cult like things going on in that organization. But if you're, (laughs) ao ao, this is a game time read. Um, No, but tomorrow it's a little more expensive, but you can get in the door for 197 bucks to see the banner lowered. So Mitchell, don't get any ideas about selling your tickets. We're still going. Yeah, but if you want to go and don't have tickets, go to the game time app. You can get in the door, watch the. 
Colorado Avalanche raised their third Stanley Cup banner. Super fun night to be there, and you can do it with game time. So make sure you check out those show notes. Use that link. That supports us and supports DNVR and game time. All right, back to Mr. Serbo. So when you're driving around all these days, and have you? do you feel like you've got a system now where, like, it's infinitely better than when you started? Like, were you just, like, everywhere? You're a very plain, very organized guy, but going to a completely different job in the same business, but basically, like, going from a governor to a senator, I actually don't know the difference between those two. That's the first thing that came to my <laughs> well, mind. That's, that's all high level. That's above our heads. Here. But, <laughs> oh yeah. like, do you feel like there's some things? What did you learn from the first? Like, what were some issues that you had to fight to now where you're like, okay, I got that dicked. I was terrible. So literally the first year, guys, I put 120,000 miles on a vehicle. And that was... That's insane. It's crazy, right? And I'm always going to travel a bunch, but if I got an appointment, like say out in Utah is a good example. I would drive out to Utah. I do the appointment. Then I might have an appointment in Utah three days later, but I'd come back, right? I just wasn't great about my time. Like it was, I was so new and so like, just, oh, I have to get appointments, right? I have to, that I, I just didn't manage my time well. Like I would literally be in the same area two days apart, but travel 600 miles to do it. So that was the big learning curve. Like, okay, it's important that you set up these accounts, have these meetings, but you got to do it in a, in a way that makes sense. So like right now, and, and like you said, Spence, I'm, I don't even know the right term for it. Like I, I'm very structured <laughs> and, and that's loose. Right, that's yeah, a, yeah, that's exactly. generous. Um, and so like, like this year, like I, I, I have plots, I have calendars. I like, I, I set out where I'm going to visit, when I'm going to visit, when I'm going to come back again next time. And that's a big deal. Cause you know, when you're making that many trips and that many miles on your vehicle, you're spending a ton of money. And, and unnecessary money. Like if, if, if I would have known what I know now, like I would have timed things out a ton yeah. differently. And so when you go like go on these different trips and get to see, like do you, is it most reps, you know, like you can only speak to your job, but do yeah. you book your own hotels and do all that or do they do that for you? Yeah, or? no. So, so basically everything's on, on you, right? So you're, you're, you're booking your hotels, you're booking, you know, I mean, all the food, all the, you know, in terms of all the traveling, all the equipment, like that's, that's for you to figure out. And that was another tough one. Like, so equipment, um, I purchase all my equipment that I show. Right. And, and early on, I, I didn't know what I needed to purchase. I mean, I knew I had to show everything. Um, but like a demo day, right? Like, you know, I probably didn't have enough stuff for my first demo days. You're like, okay, I probably need this and that. And then you're like, oh no, but I, I need a ladies flex in that. And I need a left-handed in that. Um, so yeah, no, it's definitely, which now is, again, one of the cool parts about my job is I'm my own boss. I mean, I have other bosses, but on a day to day, you know, week to week thing is I'm in control of everything I do and every decision I make. Um, so yeah, that, that was another big learning curve. So talk to us a little bit about, like you said, you have to purchase your own product. So I don't think people understand like being a rep, they don't just like send you with all this product right. and say, Hey, here's this and that. Like you, like you said, you have to plan it out. So when you purchase this, you're basically kind of investing in yourself. You're saying, okay, I know we need to sell that or I need to sell this, but if you sell two or three of them, do you get to return those at the end of the year? How does that all work? No, no. So it, it's, it's, it's on your dollar and that's why you got to be smart about what you're buying. But you know, there's a return in the investment there, right? Like I could go real low on the line I'm carrying, but then if I'm at a demo day and I don't have something to show or something to hit that I just lost a sell. Right. Um, so no. So yeah, we, we buy 
everything that we show. And it could be different from company to company. Um, but over time, you know, it, it's how I can get product in your hands or product in Mitchie's hands or, or my dad, right? My dad's playing the iron. So eventually once I'm done with it, then, you know, I can, I can use it for that, that purposes. But, uh, no, that was something new. Like I going into it, like when they said, well, you got to buy it. I said, what? Like, I, I, I yeah. was like, I didn't, I didn't anticipate that expense. Exactly. So knowing, like I said earlier, we're very similar and one thing in the, in the golf pro realm, and one thing that I hate, and I am out of the business now, out of the green grass business, so I don't have to necessarily worry about it, is learning about product. <laughs> How have you, like, and I know, don't bullshit me, yeah, yeah. just because we're on a podcast, sure. I know you're the same way. Like, when somebody walks into the pro shop, thank God we had, shout out Brian, if he's listening to this, Brian Anderson, worked at PG Superstore, fully knowledgeable. Yeah, Brian's rock People, that walk into our shop and I'm like, dude, I don't know the difference between the SM6 and the SM5. Sure. You know, like how did, do you, you know, you can be honest. Did you, do you still hate that? Or do you now like learn it with like, maybe flip it to like, okay, now I know if I know this, I can sell, which boosts my bottom line, which makes my job easier, blah, blah, blah. Like how has that process been of learning your own product and like actually figuring out what you believe in, you know, cause every, like I said earlier, every line is going to have something, whether it's the greatest quote unquote, greatest golf company in the world or not, you're going to have some things that are like, eh, maybe I, you know, I'm not going to push that as much and stuff that you truly believe in. How has it been learning the product? Yeah, no, you're right. And we, we kind of spoke to it earlier as golf pros. We don't have time to learn the product. We don't have time to educate all of our, our, our uh, clients on what it is. However, that's my job now. Right. So like, again, you know, I'm a planner, like you guys can look in my calendar and I'll have days where it's just a study <laughs> and it's literally me studying and learning about the product. Right. And putting together different like charts or information on it. Um, because it is a big deal when I walk into you guys, yes, I don't expect you to know the product, but you expect me to know it. And I can't sell it to you if I don't know everything about that. And so it is a big deal to, to not only know it, but then to be able to, to translate it to you guys in, in a way that makes sense. Right. Like, in golf, there's so many terms that are engineering that, that are overused, right? You just want to know, is it good? Like, but I have to tell you why it's good. Um, and, and I'll say this, you're talking about there's good product and bad product. The one thing I'll say about, and, and again, I've been in the business 30 years. The one thing that Wilson is phenomenal at is we don't just put a product out to fill a, to fill a void, to fill a space. Like if we put a two-piece product out, like the Duo Soft we've talked about, it's the softest, longest golf ball there is, right? And so we're really smart on that. We don't overdo. We don't have seven drivers, for example. Tell right? me. <laughs> what? I would never say anything. I'm not. I'm just saying, like, so. So we really streamline our product line and make sure that if we're putting something out there, it makes sense. But it doesn't stop there. To your point, I know that you guys aren't going to know about it, and that's where the demo days or the free ball days where we're handing out stuff is a big deal. Because although. I don't expect you guys to know about it. I need your clients to know what makes my golf ball different than that golf ball, right? And, and in your guys' world, like the, the podcast, the social media, they help make my job easier. Like, because they, they talk about the product, right? They're going to talk about the benefits and the pros and the cons. And, and so, you know, if it's positive, it makes my job easier. I was going to say, if it's, it's negative, <laughs> you know, I got to figure out why. But um, any yeah. pub's good pub. Oh, no doubt. <laughs> yeah, at least you're talking about TikTok you. comments. Yeah. All right. So, do you want to go down a bad road first or a good road first? We're going to end up in this on one either way. Oh, my goodness. Well, you, you choose. Okay. We're going to go going? down. We'll go down the bad road, then we'll bring it up. Okay. All right. Give us a story of a course. You don't have to obviously name the course, but a place where you went, where you walked in the shop, you felt good about the pro, 
you felt good about what you presented and yeah. then they were just like, nah, on yeah. all of it. Like, and just wasted your time. Yeah. So I, I, uh, I won't name the course. That's probably better for uh, my business. <laughs> um, but I went in, did an hour and a half presentation, right? So, and in most of my meetings, like you guys have seen it, I'm 30, 40 minutes. Um, I, I try not to overwhelm or bore with a full on presentation. Um, so not only did, so I left thinking we had an order cause we wrote an order about three weeks later, the gentleman calls me. He's like, yeah, we decided we don't need any of that. Right. And you leave like on a high, right. Cause it was a new account. I'm like, all right, great. We got great placement here. You just spent the time there. Then, you know, the other part is when I get that order, it's probably another hour and a half for me putting it in the back end system to make sure you guys are, are there getting it the dates. Um, and, and it's tough. Like we talked about this, not on the podcast earlier, like Spencer, the greatest example of this, you don't say no. And so, <laughs> bad. And, and, bad and, and you're not alone there. So a lot of golf pros know that you've spent time and they want to be nice and they put an order in. And then later on, they're like, well, we don't really have the money for that. Or we don't have the space for that. Um, that's really hard. I've also had other meetings where we, we schedule them out like, you know, a month ahead of time and I've showed up and they're not there. That's even worse because you're oh, like, oh, dude, that would be yeah. so like I've forgotten about meetings, but at least I've been there to yeah, be yeah. like, OK, I'm flipping everything because I did say I was be at this. And that's tough, especially like when some of my appointments, like no exaggeration, are eight hours away. Right. So you make that appointment, you show up and they're like, oh, yeah, no, you know, Joe's not into what do you mean? Joe's not. in today? <laughs> yeah. How quickly I've, can you be here? I filled my gas tank twice and I booked a hotel room. Please tell me Joe's here. <laughs> oh, my God. You know, so that's... that that that's killer. Okay, and now let's let's uh, let's go up the high note. Yeah. Now you obviously have to feel like you kill everything, but we know in life there's days where you're just like, oh, I fucking didn't have it. Yeah. It was there ever a meeting? I'm sure where you went in, you're like, you didn't feel good about it. The pro was just giving you the look around. He, you could tell he wasn't interested, and then all of a sudden you're like, holy shit, giant order, what? Yeah. Yeah. It, it's it's funny because it's a lot of that comes down to the pro's personality, right? And, and so I have had that situation where it's like, oh, this, this guy's not even paying attention to me. He's pulled out his cell phone a couple times. And, and then he ends with, I trust you're right in order, right? And you're like, oh, dang. And, and that's, that's really rewarding because you've come across as you know what you're talking about. Like he, he actually likes the product, but it, those are tough. Because really like I, I still fumble with that. Like you're going through the presentation and if I feel like they're bored or not paying attention, like you want to like alter it. Yeah. You want to alter like it, right? Stop it. And you don't know if to go faster or to go slower <laughs> to, you know, to go to this route. And so, but that's, that's realistic. And, and I try to remember back to my golf pro days, like you guys are nice enough to set up the meeting and you might be there in person, but your mind's a hundred place elsewhere. You're, you're worrying about the tournament you got to set up for the weekend or the member guest or the ladies dinner. And so like, I try to remember, you know, it's, they got a lot going on. Right. And I'm, I'm, you know, I try to, to make it as easy as I can for them, but it's, yeah, it's, it's nerve wracking, man. They're, like, we, we, you know, when you're a golf pro, you, you kind of know what your job is day in and day out, right? And as a rep, my job changes on a daily basis. Like, I, I definitely have to react differently, um, you know, based on, on what I have in front of me. Yeah, and have you ever walked into a shop and not even seen the pro yet, but just like seen the way the shop is and just knew you're like, fuck, I'm doomed. I, I, I've pulled, uh, even before that, I've pulled into parking lots before and I'm like, <laughs> oh man, I, I have a feeling where this is going to go. <laughs> like, you know, but, but you, you know, it's still important to walk in the door because it can change, but for sure. Like th there's, there's times you walk in and you're like, all right, well, I'm going to make an introduction. I'm going to at least set some groundwork, but there's nothing coming out of this. <laughs> like, you know. Okay, so are are we ready to transition to talking a little bit about us as 
young adults. Let's oh, is this the good? Is yeah. this the good well, part? No, this, this, this the, so be, the good. This, this is the good part. Get really bad. Yeah. Well, so just give people like we don't want to take too much of your time here, but uh, just give the people a good idea of Spencer and I as high schoolers. Oh man. Um, we're all high schoolers are douchebags. I know I was a douchebag. Um, I'm still a douchebag, so I guess I preface it with that. But um, <laughs> Serbo was our boss. Like he kind of saw it, and um, I'm a little bit nervous, but I want to hear about it. So what? And, and tell tell people the difference between Spencer and I. Yeah, yeah. Oh wow. So I think Spence, I hired you 15, and yep. Mitch, you 14. I yeah, say. it was the same year. You know, so um, you know that was a long time ago. So <laughs> so initially. Uh, Mitch, you know this. You were terrible, man. Yeah, <laughs> I, I I think I might have fired you once or twice, or, or I know. Uh, had to have a sit down meeting with you. I think your mom even came into me one time to talk about you. <laughs> um, so like, so initially it was a little rough with you. Uh, you guys, like people that listen to the podcast, these are two totally different human beings, right? 100%. And they're best friends, and they're brothers, and they're both rock stars. Um, but Spence, you probably tend to be a little bit more my personality. Uh, at least in work, you're a little bit more uptight. You're, you're kind of rigid, strict. Where Mitch, you're you're just more relaxed, man. Like yeah. you, you you know, at the end of the day, whether you know we sell 200 green fees or sell 180, life's <laughs> gonna go on, and we're gonna be fine. Yeah. Um. So so that was. I mean, that's the main difference. But truly, I mean, you know, you guys both turned into rock stars of golf pros, and you know that. That's that's why, even after I left Spring Valley, people worried, and the place got better. I wouldn't um, say it got better, so but the other thing that I remember, <laughs> and and I can say this now because you guys will both kick the crap out of me on a golf course. <laughs> you guys sucked early on. We man. did. Like Mitch, how you went from like not being able to break hundred to shooting par like in two years, dude. I, <laughs> it was crazy. Like, and, and you guys, if you don't know this as the audience, if you're a golf pro, you gamble. Like I, I don't know a single golf pro that didn't gamble. So yeah. like the early days, it was great to take these guys on the golf course because like I made money. But that How's my that switch quickly, like, <laughs> I, shoot, I don't know the last time I won a match versus you, Mitch. I don't know when. When's the last time we even played together? It's been well. A that's the other part about being a golf pro or golf rep. Golf doesn't. Well, you guys seem to be playing a little bit more now, though. We do. Yeah, you know, in the fall, it gets a little bit easier to play some golf and yeah. get out of the shop. But I think I played more golf in October than I did all summer combined. Yeah. So. But no, I mean, I miss those days. Like you know, Spence. I remember us coming to work in at four a.m right? To set up an MAO tournament, right? And uh, funny story, like <laughs> we just, I, I remember coming one day and, and I put on a shirt. I don't know if you remember this, that I didn't like. So like I came down the shop hoping nobody was going to be in there. Like I didn't have a shirt on, right? And I'm like, I'm going to buy a, shop, uh, a shirt in the shop before. And you're like already there. And I'm like, man, I have raised a maniac here. <laughs> as a, as a yeah, the player. way he's fucking wired. Oh is, my gosh. Um, like, yeah. I apologize for that, man. The apple doesn't I, I, fall too far. Like yeah. from you down to Spencer, it felt a little bit of the same there for sure. And um, yeah, there's, there's definitely... Like I obviously had everyone. I don't want to say I don't want to not own my myself as a high schooler, but I definitely had some like growing up to do. I had some maturing to do. I I had a mouth on me. I like to like talk back a little bit. Talk. I talked a bunch of shit. I still talk some shit, but I kind of pick and choose a little more. Um, but yeah, there's a lot has changed in the last fifteen years. That was almost fifteen years ago. That's crazy. Fucking insane. Yeah. I'm twenty eight. That was literally half of my life ago when I got hired at Spring Valley. 
Or no, what? I'm 27. Jesus, you're 28. Yeah. But pretty close. Don't ask me. Round up. I'm not good at that for but some like, reason. Like you said, when it was us, us three and Fish, you know, for most of that, I mean, Fish would have been late 20s, early 30s. So you talk about like four young guys running a golf course and, and kind of figuring out how things went as we went. Like, well, yeah. You know, we had, we had a very cool situation, like a situation I always love and remember, but it was unique. Like to have basically four pros at that age, you know, and, and nobody older above us. Freak. Like, yeah. Well, and the crazy thing is now is like, I, <laughs> I don't know if it was just, it's obviously a different situation, but everyone that's come to work for us, like, I hate to say it. I don't quite see the potential in them that like, <laughs> that we had. Like, yeah, no, and, I, and I mean, maybe you didn't see it at that, you know, like who knows people grow and people change, but like that, it, it would have been so crazy to see like our timeline of going from like Spencer wasn't a shithead. I was a shithead, but like growing from that to where I am now, where I'm just a bigger shithead, but I somehow get a golf pro job done on a daily basis. Like, you know what I mean? It, it, it's just been a crazy t- ride. Like, oh, yeah. Well, and if you would have asked me 10 years ago, like, I don't know that I saw you guys staying in the industry. Yeah. Um, and it's, you know, we, we more... all love what golf's done for us, but it's brutal. You know, you, you guys know my boy. Like if he ever said to me, dad, I want to be a golf pro dude, I'd, I'd turn him around so fast and be like, we got, we got other things to look at. You know, oh, for um, sure. I think it's more of an industry that chooses you. You don't choose it. I think you're right. <laughs> well, no, absolutely. And I don't know if I ever told this on the podcast before, but literally I decided to become a golf pro because I, I didn't know what I wanted to do with my life. I knew it was something in sports, like sports broadcasting was kind of my passion, but I was kind of scared to go into that realm. You know, I just didn't know. And when I found about out about the golf management program and I already kind of liked golf as a high schooler. Everybody catches the bug. You no, for the, sure. you know, you catch yeah. it and you think you want to make it a career and not, you know, I respect golf pros. They have, they are, it's probably one of the most under respected professions Thankless, yeah. because 100%. people think it's just golf and it's easy. Yep. But I literally decided to be a golf pro because I saw a program that guaranteed you three internships and said you a hundred percent of our kids leave college with a job. Yeah, that was literally all I was worried about. Did I know it would turn into this? Right, right. No, but like that was what I was worried about. I didn't want to go to college and be one of those people that's like, oh, I went to college for four years for communications and now I'm accounting, or uh, you know, or go for accounting and now I'm a marketing mate. Like, not talking shit about any of these professions. Just wait, not wasting your time, but basically going to four <laughs> years of college for not doing this, you know, to not, not doing end what up you, in your field. Exactly. Yeah. And I was like, okay, I, I can get a job. <laughs> That's what I'm worried about as a 18, 17 year old kid. For sure. Well, and, 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 you know, we're, we're kind of maybe putting a negative light on it. It's, it's a great career. It's a great business, but changes like, you know, when I had, when I had Aiden, my son, you know, and I was working those crazy hours at some point, I'm like, man, I, I can't keep doing this. Yeah. Like I need to be a bigger part of his life. And, and like you said, I, even to the audience, I'm sure they're listening and being like, what are these guys talking about? Like, you know, they're (laughs) golf pros, but it's, it's, it's just so far from what people actually think it it is. Well, yeah. And like educating people on what a golf pro is and what you can, I feel like that's a huge learning curve too, because people expect so much, like it's obviously customer service. So you treat a lot of people as friends and you, you make genuine friends, but then everybody expects like special treatment. And at the end of the day, like customer's not wrong. So you end up giving so much of yourself and spreading yourself so thin that you feel like you have no time for yourself and it sucks. Well, yeah. And that's kind of, kind of tying this all back in. It's kind of what our TikTok started as, is just a joke. Right. But basically like, 
in in podcast, you know, obviously our podcast isn't a joke. Well, to some people maybe, <laughs> but the the education of people just to know, like like now myself, granted, not everybody's going to go be a golf pro for eight years and then not. But like, I know how to act in a pro shop. I know how to act when I'm checking in. I know how to do all this stuff. And granted, we're never going to be able to teach everybody. We're never going to make it perfect. And not everybody has to be perfect. But our TikTok and like this, we're just growing the game of golf, but growing it in a way where like people understand what goes into it versus just like, you know, like, yeah, you see all these golf pages and yeah, it's fucking funny to crash a cart. To some people, that's, that's hell. Five I grand. get pissed that's, off when I see that. Yeah, and and that's like, the stuff that like, yeah, you know, you're not going to control the youth. They're they're you know everybody did dumb stuff when they're younger, but there's different decisions that happen on the golf course that kids just go out and think they can fuck around, yeah. and then they don't understand that them playing slow or dicking around on the course now turns into a problem for somebody that just works there because of what they did. And I'm not saying they have to, everything has to be perfect. It's never going to be, but that was kind of an all encompassing of our, our TikTok, our podcast is like, Hey, this is what golf pros do. And this is why it's important that you kind of learn the game and learn like, yes, the game is moving to a different area. And that's actually something I want to get into a little bit too, is it's moving a different way. Having people like us, having people like Manolo, who's a Wilson guy, I want to talk about just a hair, but like, it's still a, a game of people that play it that are very serious about it. And even if they're not in a professional tournament. Um, so kind of transitioning, I know Manolo is, I don't know, is it, do you call it a Wilson official Wilson athlete? Like is, ambassador. ambassador? Yeah, he's, he's an influencer. Influencer. Okay. okay. So you, if you guys haven't seen Manolo, so with you, you second, not being in the, in technically you're yeah, like, yeah. what the fuck's an influence? No, yeah. Why does this guy make more money than me? <laughs> Yeah. It was definitely a learning curve. Like, like you know, like I said, I had to have, you guys had to show me how to get a podcast on my phone. Um, and now you're like, we're paying influencers? What's yeah. that? But this, like, you, go ahead, Spence. You're going to talk about this guy's a rock star, man. Yeah. So second best golf account on TikTok behind ours. But no, if you haven't seen Manolo, he's uh, Puerto Rican, maybe. I don't want to get into those kind of weeds of, you know, who knows. But he's not American. <laughs> okay. <laughs> He's a dude that's hilarious, but he has he's his got a, accent. He's got a Spanish, Spanish accent, like, yeah. makes it. Like, it, I don't think he'd be as funny if he didn't have it. And he talks about don't be nasty. Like, it's just a fucking hilarious TikTok account. Yeah. And now he's a Wilson official ambassador and, and influencer. And what what have you seen just in the two years? How much more have you learned about, like, how social media has changed the way people view product, the way people view the game of golf, et cetera. A, a ton. Like, again, because it wasn't a world I was in. But you sign a guy like Manolo, right? You could argue that that's bigger than signing... Gary Woodland. Well, or, or just any PJ Tour perfect. I mean, you know, obviously there's... Gary Woodland won a major, I guess. Yeah, so, yeah. yeah. So, but, like, it just it depends, like, you know, what level you're talking about. But to the new golfers they're paying attention to Manolo more than they are a player on the tour. And that's 100%. just a fact. Yeah. So the influence that they have over what that customer look at or try, it's a game changer. You know, when Triad first launched, the three-piece golf ball that we launched this last year, Manolo was all on board with it. And so our initial launch at the uh, PJ Superstores, it was the number one selling product that week across the board. That's awesome. That's the that's effect the of Manola. Yeah. That's the effect of Manola. Does it help that the golf ball was good? Absolutely. But like, yeah. And again, if you would ask me five years ago, like I would have no clue that made a difference. It's a game changer. Can I go back to the last topic real quick? Yeah. Absolutely. So the next TikTok you guys make, I have a request. Okay. Because it was my biggest pet peeve as a golf pro. We're in. 
I want you guys to do it in the dark 30 minutes after that golf cart should have been in. <laughs> oh, because there was oh, nothing worse than that as a golf pro, right? You, you or your staff have grinded all day, worked hard, and you're there 30 minutes after dark waiting for this golf cart to come in. And, dude, I'm all for it. Like, you spend your money, play your golf. What golf are you playing in pitch black dark? Yeah. I, I, so, you know, if you guys could do that, that's special a great, request. I, don't, I can't, can't believe we've never thought of that. That's, that's what I want to see. And I know you guys will put the right spin on it to make it funny, but <laughs> that's what the next one we've never be. We've never been there both, like, at closing. Like, I would say we have a better chance of being there in the dark in the morning. Right, right. <laughs> but we could do That would be great. Oh, I think brutal. we could definitely do that. You're waiting for that one cart that's, to come in. Yeah. And it's 30 minutes after everything else is shut down. Oh, dude, I've gotten to the point where I go up to the parking lot, and I'm like, hey, can I grab this cart? <laughs> yeah, I like, those And days. they, like, I, I'm kind of a dick i don't really say it, but i'm just short with them like they want to talk to me i'm like dude it's pitch black like i i am done like fucking get out of here just get in your car and leave so yes that that is a that is i'm shocked we haven't touched on that one oh. yet so we yeah, definitely got to go there we got we got some to do still a tiktok is still going going strong all right we're gonna finish this podcast up with a little segment we like to call the grand slam I uh, haven't done it in a while. It's not as fun when Mitchell and I do it by ourselves, but now that we had a guest on, and thanks again for taking the time and joining us today, um, we're going to do the grand slam of whiniest humans. We'll just call it humans because it can be an athlete. It can be one of us. It can be, you know, whatever. So, Justin, since you're the guest, yeah, you, you know how snake draft works. You've heard, heard the pod, so you know. You get to choose the order, though. Do you want to go first, second, or third? I'll go second. Second. Okay, Mitchell... Uh, you or choose the whole order. Who goes first? Yeah, you choose it. Let's go, Mitchie. Okay. All right. So it's gonna go Mitchell. So we're going. Yeah. Clockwise. Clockwise. That's why I did that it. I can it, follow that. Uh, that I, I that makes it place. easier. Okay. All um, right, Mitchell. So your whiniest athlete or human? It, it's like sh- this is chalk for me. Like it's LeBron. That's my number one. Like he whines and moans and bitches about everything like and i just i i I even got into this a couple podcasts ago just about how much i dislike lebron at this point like he became such a sellout now he's he he thinks and maybe this is just more like a rant about lebron's hatred uh or my hatred for him but he just thinks he's like the president like he plays basketball and don't get me wrong he's changed a lot of society like he he's done a lot for society but he's just gotten to the point where he thinks he's larger than life like he's the fucking gm of the the la lakers basically um on top of wanting to run the show with the refs wanting to you know no matter what he's gonna whine about something he is one of the biggest athletes i've seen that's just like scape that I, I wouldn't say he's found scapegoats, but he's been very deflective of some of bl- some blame that he could definitely take, and that's maybe one of my biggest gripes with him is whatever is done well, he's not the first guy to deflect and be like, "Yeah, I'm," you know, credit to the team. Right. He'll always take the praise, but when it comes time to take the blame, he loves deflecting, p- tossing it off to other teammates. I just. I can't stand the guy. So LeBron is my number one pick there. So uh, mine, kind of on the, the same note, and maybe it's – I know it's weird I'm a Raiders fan, but you guys know I'm a diehard Nuggets fan. So the guy I hate playing against that just seems to whine constantly, and maybe it's because they've had a, a decent run against us, but CP3. Oh, yeah, Chris, that's a great one. Chris Hall drives me crazy on the basketball court. Especially because he's so – 
he commits so many egregious fouls yeah. and then he turns around and bitches uh, about it. Not, you know, like. absolutely, man. He, yeah, he, he's in there rough and tough. And then, then all of a sudden, like I, I yeah, Chris Paul drives me crazy on a basketball court. All right. So we're going to go, uh, round one is going to be all basketball players. Uh, I was a little worried. Both of you two would take mine. I'm taking the, the whiniest athlete in the history of, of human NBA basketball from since I've been watching it. And that's Luka Doncic. <laughs> he like, I, I want, like, maybe I would say, you know, I would never say slander Nicola's name. If he has one gripe, if I have one gripe with him, other than him not shooting Nicola and he may come up later in this, I doubt it, but he he's close. But like Luca, when they play each other, Luca makes Nicola look like he never complains. Like, I don't think I've ever seen a play with Luca going to the basket where he doesn't throw a hand up. Right. Yeah, no, I, I hope Nicola doesn't come up here, boys. But <laughs> I will agree on that. There's nothing that drives in Nicola. I mean, phenomenal, right? Like Unreal. two-time MVP for a reason. But when he gets so mad, he does that rough foul on the opposite side yeah, just to the stop anger, the game. Yeah, that I'm like, dude, foul. come on now. Yeah. Well, oh, yeah. It will be interesting to see this year with the – that I haven't seen like in depth, but the take fouls changed. Okay. And so they, they are trying to take the take out of the game, take the take foul out of the game. Take the take. Um, so I think it's, I don't know if it's two free throws in the ball or what, but basically there is something now where they, if they determine it to be in like a, uh, Nikola Jokic center, you know, foul that, uh, who was it in the sun series that he basically killed quote unquote. <laughs> oh yeah. Uh, the guard. Um, anyway, campaign campaign. The big, maybe the biggest complainer. Credit to me. Fuck that. That's pretty. Yeah, good. I was gonna be dead air for a while. I was gonna start googling. I don't even know what to Google. But yeah, they they have changed that. So I, I, it'll be interesting to see. All right, we're gonna go. All right, round two, pick number one for me. We're gonna go into this is a golf podcast, so it's got to be Bryson DeChambeau. Uh, I like that. It, we've talked about it too many times, from the fire ants to the rules to this to that, like. I don't think the, the rope. Yeah, I don't think the guy just can't stay out of his own way and thinks everybody's against him, which he's started to be more right every day. But Bryson DeChambeau <laughs> is just an insufferable. Yeah. All ins- right. So I'll, I'll stay with golf. And we said open game, fair game, right? Yeah. Mitchell Smith. <laughs> oh, so <laughs> I actually considered that my name would come up because I was actually going to get ahead of this and pick myself. But no, no, you can't take that away from me. <laughs> so if you haven't played golf with Mitch, Mitch is a phenomenal golfer. Let me get that out of the way. So this has nothing That's to do with relative. nothing to do with his game. But I have never met somebody who hits a bad shot and it has nothing to do with them. <laughs> it's the lie. It's the wind. It's 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 the it's the cart seven holes away that just turned the key on and started pulling away. <laughs> um, I give you credit. So Jack Nicholas said he never hit a bad golf shot, right? And I'm, I'm guessing that's why you do this. I it try to def- how you I mentally deflect. stay strong. That goddamn book he read Oh, in high my school. goodness. But if you ever play <laughs> golf with Mitch, us. expect a wine fest. It I either play ridiculous. good or I whine. No I, doubt. 100%. I, I have gotten to the point now, though, where I let, I just don't even... It's not even... I'm past the point of caring so much that I have to come up with an excuse. Like I'm, just, I just kind of leave it. Like I just wish back in the day I carried a level with me because you would talk about like this is the worst lie, and I'd put it down, and I guarantee you that bubble's dead in the center. <laughs> but you, you would find something to make an excuse oh, yeah. for I why can, you hit I, that golf ball. I can bitch about anything. Uh, <laughs> no, nobody's safe there. Um, so I'm gonna go in a different direction. 
one of my other like least favorite people in the entire sports world, Patrick Mahomes' wife. <laughs> wow. Okay. That, That's out of left field, but yeah, I get it. But the wives are almost worse than the, the actual <laughs> players. Like, and I don't want to give away another pick, but there's famously another wife that is complained about shit. Um, well, I know who you're talking well, about. Are they I currently get, considering, considering separating? <laughs> are we going to, I mean, okay, well, I guess I have the next pick. So the next pick. I'll just bookend wives, her and Giselle. Now, about to be former Brady, Bunchin, whatever. Well, Wes Walker should have caught those balls if I remember <laughs> something of that nature. She can't, he can't throw and catch it himself. <laughs> um, but Patrick Mahomes' wife is one of the most obnoxious people on the entire internet. And, and then she, like, eventually she got to the point where she wanted sympathy and, like, I just, no, your husband's worth a half a billion dollars. Um, you, you don't need sympathy when you run your mouth and you complain about everything or you act completely obnoxious and like, you don't know your place. What and I'm not saying as a woman, she needs to know her place, but she's just flat out disrespectful. Like, dumping champagne on the people in front of her in the fucking from the booth like there the it feels like the list goes on and on and like i hate the chiefs so naturally i i don't hate patrick Mahomes. like super talented he's actually seems like a super level-headed dude and i hope he's got an airtight prenup because that shit <laughs> is gonna eventually like come to a head like i don't know how he lives with that that so and then giselle you know she I wouldn't say she's as bad, but her husband does plenty of bitching himself. So I, um, she probably got it from him. She's just like, well, he told me to say this. Like, I don't know. Uh, I just, I've never been a huge like fan of the wives coming out and speaking publicly. Like, like since they're married to a player that their opinion means more than, you know, anybody's as a fan, you know? So that's, that's where I land on those two picks. That's going to look great on like the graphic. <laughs> well, this wasn't planned, but you can see it's actually at the top of my list. I have Tom Brady. Okay. Um, like, <laughs> Well, the tuck rules got it. Oh, man. As, as a Raider fan, I've never seen a bigger piece of garbage call <laughs> in, in, in any Until league some this Sunday. Yeah, right. But like, the t- I mean, literally the tuck rule. And then I had to watch the special. I don't know if you guys saw it. Where it was him and Charles Woodson talking about it? Was that man in the arena? Did they talk? Yeah, about yeah, that? and they they and like he's still defending that that's not a fumble. And anyhow, yeah, I'm gonna get distracted. But uh, for a dude that has everything, right? Yeah, and has won everything, and he's great. Whatever. Come on. Yeah. Every call, and it was so funny this last week where they he got the phantom uh, roughing the passer call on him. I don't know if you guys oh, caught that. Yeah, well, it's so bad, right? His history. quote was, "I don't throw the flag." Exactly, yeah. and he's like, "I don't throw the flag," and I'm like, "Bro, bullshit." One time, man. Like, yeah. you you. He has so many calls going his favor that, yeah, yeah. like Tom Brady, by far the top of my list, man. Yeah. Yeah. All right. I'm going to go coach two coaches here Um, back to back for my last two picks. I'm going to start out with John Cooper, the coach of the Tampa Bay Lightning. He made an absolute fool of himself. Went on an absolute wine fest. That's a great pick. After the Avs won the Stanley Cup, uh, you can look at the video. It's just it was hilarious. The injuries, like acting like the Avs didn't have any injuries, acting like they were the better team and deserved After they had just gone and won back-to-back Stanley Cups, yeah. like, oh, boo-fuckity-hoo, you didn't win a third in a row. Like, come on. That, yeah, that was, 
I feel like he lost some credibility there. You, you're not super in the hockey world, are not, you? Not a big hockey guy. But, but he, did he you see any of that? I did. Yeah. yeah Basically exactly went out and blamed everything but his team for losing. Yeah. Exactly. Um, and another one, uh, this is more of just like a kind of a personal, just from watching a few other games. And I think if, if you pulled, it'd be interesting to pull NFL referees. Um, but I'm going to go Pete Carroll. I think Pete Carroll is just one of those guys. Every time I see him on the sideline, he's in a ref's face. He's throwing his, he's up and down with his clipboard. He's chewing that gum, annoying his the shit. Air monarchs like, on, yeah, the air monarch straight up out of the you know the fifty year old playbook. Um, and Pete Carroll is he's going to be my last my last time. I, I don't know on that one, man. For a guy that's getting older myself, I look what Pete Carroll does at his age, and like he's a role model. He's to fucking seventy two. I look up dude. to that guy, and like the energy he has at that age, I'm like, give me some of that, yeah. bro. He's got to be on. Shit. Well, if like, <laughs> bro, we're, he's got that Col- much money. There's no way he's not doing drugs. Colfax like- Avenue is right down here. We'll take you down after. <laughs> yeah, you'll, you'll be popping in and out of these golf courses <laughs> like none other. All right, so my last one is definitely going to age the conversation by like 40 years perfect uh this dude like played before even i was alive but i don't think you can have this list without him on the top of it is john McEnroe, like a tennis dude who threw the biggest fits of all time yeah and if you guys aren't like eric spencer looked at me like who the hell i remember john John mac but i'm telling you like the only reason i bring this up like go just google youtube some videos of him you will never see a complainer of this nature man it's like different level. Okay, what's crazy? So my last pick is actually also a tennis player, and he's become famous this year. I don't know if you, I know Nick, exactly Nick where Kyrgios. you're going. Yes, he is fucking hilarious. He's the only dude that is like I think on this whole list or female, male, whatever. That when he whines, it's hilarious. Like, yeah. but he bitches about everything. And like tennis players, I was. I mean, if we want to go like cutting or. Uh, cutting room floor or whatever. Like I was going to say like all European soccer players, like uh, there's yeah, plenty so- of gr- soccer. You could do this on just soccer. Yeah. Players, oh, for sure. For sure. Applicable. But tennis is a natural, not naturally, but it's a pretty whiny sport. There's a lot of very whiny people in it. And he, what was he bitching about the drunk chick in the stands, like saying something while he was serving. And then he was, he finds something to bitch about it. Oh, it's always funny. It's always it's always good. Well, and it's perfect in that world because there's no sport, even golf included, that's more like uptight and professional. Oh, than absolutely. Tennis. So you have somebody like that in that that arena, like it's it's and, hilarious. And I also think it's great because everyone can hear what you're saying. Right. Like the the place is silent and he's screaming like this fucking drunk bitch in the stands, <laughs> yeah. like like just no care in the world, like what he's saying, and everyone can hear him. And I, that's when you catch like a hot mic or something like that. Yeah, yeah. But I think it's awesome. So that's that's great. We finish it up with two tennis players. So Spencer, do me a favor, YouTube John Macker, because I know you don't know what I'm talking. <laughs> no, about. No, I do. Okay. I, he's like white, older. Well, he's like he wore like white a good, white good, uh, good stretch for figuring out an older guy in tennis <laughs> that he's white and older. Hey, yeah, man. a lot of diversity in tennis. <laughs> But uh, another cutting room floor for me has got to be Patrick Reed, whiny, one of the whiniest golfers in the world. His wife, too. His wife's burner account. Yeah, his burner Um, account. His burner account. His family's burner account. Um, Yeah. Yeah, any cutting room floor? Did you have any any that you were... No, I I pretty much hit mine. You know, I'm going to respectfully, other than Mitchell, avoid the golfers of the world because maybe there'll be a Wilson staff someday. (laughs) I did not. So I'm going to respectfully, uh, I I have a few in mind, but we'll do Manu Ginobili, Tony Parker, anybody that played for the Spurs. I I think, (laughs) you you guys said soccer. I'm not a big soccer guy, but like 
name me a basketball player that's not whiny. Yeah. Right. It just comes with the Jokic, territory. He's our king, so no doubt. <laughs> but he, I would say, he's the least whiny for a superstar out of anyone. On that level, yes, yes, yeah. on that yeah. level, I, I'd say. But for I'd say the he's still calls a top he sh- fifteen to twenty whiny player in the NFL, NBA. This won't be popular because we we hate this team too. But Steph Curry's not that bad, is he? He bugs me with how he he no, he bugs me for a different reason, just because he's very like, and I don't know. I I just the dude bugs me because he's good yeah. probably, but just the way he kind of throws it in your face, he does he really doesn't whine that much. Steve Kerr, it, this isn't even if we're talking, we were just talking coaches. He's not really super whiny. Talk about the most overpaid fucking <laughs> what? I my dog could coach that basketball well, team. Luke, like, Luke Walt did a pretty good job when he yeah, had that, that stretch. He had there. like three losses like yeah. half the season. No doubt, no doubt. And then he goes, what did he go to the Kings? And of course they suck. Like yeah. that just goes to show you the coach is doing nothing. Yeah, like he's fucking filling a seat on the bench. Yeah, he's he's basically managing personalities at that point. Yeah, and not, oh, not very well. Oh wait, I have one more because in this kind oh, of a, I, I'm surprised we didn't bring him Draymond. Up. Yeah. <laughs> Because <laughs> no. that's a pretty fucking. Um, he put his money where Jordan Poole's Dude. mouth was this week and fucking suckered him. Did you see the video? I saw the video. Oh man. my god, it was unreal. Dude, how fired and fucked is that Warriors video guy for <laughs> selling that to TMZ? Like one of the best things I saw that was like. It was like, can you imagine how high rent is in San Francisco for this dude to release this video? Right. <laughs> like, the guy yeah, works full time for the war. Yeah. But you got to like Draymond's strategy, right? So, because he's done this before, let's not forget. When Kevin Durant was there, he got Kevin out of town so he could continue to get paid. No shit. And Draymond Green's coming up for a contract, so maybe he's just trying to get Jordan Poole to hit the road. You're right. So he gets paid Jordan again. Poole's an up-and-coming right? guy that he's, well, he they say, squeezed out. I think they say that's what the fight was about. It was about both of them well, being at contract. Jordan Poole Drake. called him a triple single. <laughs> oh, dang. Nah, well... That maybe I would have thrown a truth punch. Truth Yeah, in every in every the Hall of Fame talk with Draymond needs to stop. But Draymond to the Nuggets, I'm all in on. He's a great guy. He's definitely he's that guy that he's on your team. You love him. He's on somebody else's team. Hate Akeem him. Talib. Yeah, he's a key. Yeah, he's a big example of that for me. Maybe we do another draft, Serbo. I think we could. You need to come on more than once. Well, we'll I appreciate yeah, you. We'll definitely have party. you back on. We'll do guests. another draft. Because we're just like, you're you're genuine sports nut. Like you, oh, I love sports. And we love sports. Like We could talk about this shit for hours. So we definitely have to do this again at some point. Yeah. Thanks for joining us, Serbo. Make sure you guys are following us on all the social medias. Not Justin, unfortunately. We'd give out his handle. But he's just. <laughs> I think he's probably got a burner account somewhere so he can check follow out Follow him on LinkedIn. On. Yeah. He's probably got a LinkedIn. <laughs> Uh, but follow us on all the social medias. Make sure you guys are, are tuning in each week to Big Drive Energy. Tune in to TikTok at Big Drive Energy. Instagram at Big Drive Energy Pod. We appreciate you guys listening. Enjoy the Zozo Championship this weekend. Tiger will not be there, but uh, enjoy some golf. Enjoy some NFL football. NHL's back. NBA is about to be back. We're about to get to the it's best October. couple weeks. It's the best month of the best year. Best couple weeks of the year. You guys enjoy all the sports. We'll talk to you guys next week. Peace. Peace. Light the candle!